Hello and welcome. My guest is the band Kenny Three, fronted by Evan Moffat. We talked about his influences, his songwriting beginnings, and he performed three songs. Here's Breath of Burden from this session.
All right. So, uh, hello. I'm with Kenny3. And first of all, do you guys want to each introduce yourselves? Yeah, I'm Kenny. Or not. <laughs> uh, my name's Evan. I uh, play guitar and sing in this band. Um, I'm, I'm actually Kenny. <laughs> that says Evan, and then we're the three Kennys. Now I'm Colin. I play bass. <laughs> we're working. Uh, so we I'm have... Luke. Oh, continue. No, go ahead. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm Luke, uh, and I play guitar and synthesizer. My name's John Cox. I play uh, the drums. Cool. And for the listeners' sake, so we've got uh, five people and three microphones, so we're going to figure this out. Um, You hear a lot of chord noise. Yeah, right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Give me the mic. (laughs) You just hear chaos. Um, So, first of all, how did you come to the name Kenny3? Um. I was in I was in college and I had this apartment on Diamond Street and uh, the person who had my room before me put tacks in the wall and they put these tacks in the wall in a perfect shape of like a of a face like a smiley face and uh, it just so happened that this was a part of the wall that was right next to my head when I was sleeping <laughs> so I would wake up in the morning and look at this little smiley face tacked into the wall. <laughs> And uh, it, it told me its name was Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it told you its name was Kenny? Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Well, there was more like five, but the, the three is a very, it's a very round number. That's how I landed on the three. <laughs> uh, did it say anything else to you? Yeah. Uh, it, it told me to kill my dog. Oh, no. Did you listen? <laughs> no, oh, that's fucked up. No, I didn't. <laughs> Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 told, it told me to subscribe to Blue Apron. Yeah. And I, what, what are our other sponsors again? Uh, thank you to Casper Mattresses. Yes. God, you got to see these things come out of the uh, box. It's like magic. You're sleeping nice. on a Casper mattress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, you are the primary songwriter, right? Yes. And do you play all the instruments on the record? Yeah, for the most part. There's a couple of key features. Mm-hmm. Um, John plays drums on one track that I have out. Colin plays bass on one of the tracks that I have out, but mm-hmm. the rest of it's all me. So how do you go about arranging the live band and making it all work? Uh, just a lot of trust and leaps of faith. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I, I try not to get too too hands-on with the live arrangements. I mm-hmm. prefer to bring people onto the project that I trust and um, kind of let them fill it out, uh, uh, which these guys do really a good job of. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I didn't want to have that kind of band where it was like very controlling and very like, like a dictatorship mm-hmm. or, you know, like <laughs> where it was me trying to like get other people to play the music that was in my head because I never... I don't think it works as good. Yeah, <laughs> I like I like when it's like more collaborative that way in a live setting. Mm-hmm. But um, I have a lot of fun recording songs on my own, so I, that's kind of why I do it that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did I add something? <laughs> uh, no, they just handed me the mic. That <laughs> <laughs> I would hold it for a while. Um, uh, so as far as the 
recordings, especially on the first two releases, I feel like there's a lot of uh, atmospherics. As I was um, listening to the songs and reading the lyrics, I would notice that, you know, I'd be like a third of the way into the song and the lyrics were about to end. So do you feel like there's a combination when you're writing of, like it's a mixture of atmospherics again? Yeah, <laughs> no, totally. Feeling. I I love... I love when um, a song like sets up a mood or a feeling and then it kind of leaves you in it. Like mm -hmm. after the vocals or the lyrical part kind of goes away, it's almost like the afterburn. Mm -hmm. And I really, I, I really love when a song does that to you. So I, I try to, I try to incorporate that into my arrangements and my arrangement styles and stuff. Mm -hmm. Cause I think like there is like listening to a song is kind of like a, it's like a sacred moment a little bit. So I try to prolong that if, if I can, not too much. I don't like songs that go too long, obviously. <laughs> but if it if it works, it works. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like the lyrics have a very specific meaning, or is it all just part of the atmospheric? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I for a while, I definitely wrote atmospheric lyrics. Mm -hmm. Atmospheric <laughs> lyrics. We're sponsored by Atmospherics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ltd. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I just i kind of i kind of felt like what I had to say was more broadcasted through the textures than like the tones and stuff. Mm. Um, and then the words were kind of like if if I could find the right word where the word was like a, a key to the lock, then that's kind of what I would go for. But um, I lately I've been writing kind of more directly, like like having the lyrics be like more a reflection of like a poetic feeling or something or like like something that's tangible through language a little bit more um and i've been liking that process so i'm kind of leaning into it and trying to write more poetry and mm -hmm. trying to get better at that in general you mean in a way that would make the lyrics more direct yeah yeah exactly uh i feel like some of the tracks i felt kind of like a science fiction vibe i almost felt like i was watching the twilight zone in a couple tracks is yeah. that a good read of it. Um, I, Is that just my I've own seen a, I've seen a couple episodes of the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I have mad respect for that show mm -hmm. because um, it was kind of like the only show doing that kind of thing. But I also, I also like that. I guess the way that show um, puts you in a place or mm -hmm. in a mood for each episode, and it's only it only lasts for the duration of the episode. Um, so that's kind of a good parallel with my songs because I, every song comes out a little bit different, mm -hmm. I, or at least I I try to do it that way. Never write the same song twice, kind of thing. And um, so like, yeah, if if the song puts you there, and then you you don't get back to that place again, mm -hmm. that's cool. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, that was a dumb answer. <laughs> um, I feel like nostalgia is a frequent theme throughout do you agree with that yeah yeah i think so i was i was especially on those first couple of records i was writing from a place of of longing of kind of like missing somebody really bad and um i think that found its way into the music of like a almost like an un unearthly longing mm -hmm. like some like i always think about like somebody who's like through the veil mm -hmm. Like you can kind of make them out, but they're not really of this dimension. And I, I guess I get a lot of inspiration from from that kind of feeling. 
Um, a lot of times the vocals are sort of like buried within. Why? Why? <laughs> uh, I don't really like the sound of my voice that much. <laughs> I think a lot of people would give that answer. Yeah. Um, in that way, I'm like a lot of people, but, uh, <laughs> it, it, I, so I guess there's like, I'll, I'll go back and listen to like some old songs that I've done where the vocals are like too upfront. And I, I wasn't a very good singer back then or something. And I'll be like so cringy, like, <laughs> oh, God, this sucks. But um, I have learned to like to love it in its own way. And I think that's part of getting older in general is just learning to love the things about yourself that are just aren't going to change. <laughs> like, I can't I'm not going to go out and get a different voice now. You know, <laughs> time for that has passed. It's, it's definitely part of the maturing process. Yeah. Um. And what do you record with? It sounds like tape, is it? Yeah, I use a lot of tape. Um, I have some Tascam tape decks that I was experimenting with for a while. And um, I try to do... I really like the sound of, like, blown-out tape, but then layered with, like, um, like bit-crushed digital mm-hmm. distortion. So just, like, kind of different flavors of distortion and, and that, like, kind of mixed together. That's kind of like a big thing that I go for in my in my recordings and stuff is, um, di- it's like different channels of lo-fi like overla- overlapped or something. Do you um, record it to tape and then like digitize it? And- yeah, and then fuck with it once it's in yeah. the in the computer. That's what I. That's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. A lot of the a lot of the um, a lot of the tape songs from the first two records are just completely done on four tracks. Mm-hmm. Cause um, I got really, really into it, and like, was like briefly like one of those like analog purists who were like, no, it's just gonna get, it's just gonna get squared away if I <laughs> if I put it in the in the computer. But I don't really think that way anymore. I think it's all valid. Like any yeah. any way that you choose to record something or that you choose to make some art with, you know, every every tool on the table is good for something. Yeah, also four tracks are really hard to come by. At least one's in working condition. Yeah, totally. And they're getting harder and harder to come by. Yeah, I got one at a thrift store in like perfect shape for like $35. All right. My best finds. Um, Check out your local thrift store. We're sponsored by local thrift stores. (laughs) Uh, Check out your local thrift stores. Is the finality of recording to tape ever stressful? Uh. No, I actually it. love that part. Yeah. yeah, like I love I love that idea of like getting it close enough, and then a lot of my a lot of my recordings that I have on the internet sound like deliberately unfinished. <laughs> like I kind of I'll I'll put them up. Like I have some ideas maybe to like get them further, and then I'll actually like cut myself off and be like, no, it's done. Put it up, you know. And it winds up sounding like sparse, and yeah. like. I have a couple of instrumental tracks that just never got lyrics on them because I just wanted to post them before I wrote lyrics or made vocals to them or anything like that. So you didn't say, like, this is going to be an instrumental track. You just started writing instrumentation and just said, fuck it. Yep. (laughs) And, and yeah, the finality aspect, like, I, I, I I think, like, music sounds best when it sounds human, Mm -hmm. you know? So if you're just sitting there playing into the computer to a click track and getting the perfect take or like like cutting up takes to make sure that you have the perfect one i think that takes like a lot of the spirit out of it you know so the the tape thing was actually really liberating for me because i could just embrace some of the minor mistakes that i made and 
see them as part of like a greater expression.
So you're in a band called Maitland? <laughs> no, not no? anymore. You were in a band. I was, yeah. For a few years. Yeah. Um, and for at least a year or two before you started doing Kenny 3? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I moved to Philly and joined that band and um, had some good times with those with those guys and mm-hmm. played some cool shows. Um, and I started making my own music a couple years in and that kind of took me on its own road. Yeah. Was it inspired? I feel like, so you were playing lead guitar? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of mixed. Like. Yeah. I, <laughs> the line is, was blurred kind yeah. of. It was, I was trying to find the spaces kind of. Yeah. But, I feel like when you're, you know, playing an instrument in someone else's band, it kind of pushes you to, you know, do something beyond like four chords. Like you have to know what you're doing. Yeah. Do you feel like that has influenced this project? Yeah, totally. I've played in, I mean, aside from that band, I've played in a lot of different bands. I play in this band called A Mouthful of Blueberries, um, which is Colin, my bassist uh, project. He writes Mm -hmm. the songs for it. Um, I've played in this band called They Are Gutting a Body of Water, which is my friend Doug's music. Um, I've played in the Nick Sanderson band. And I think like all of those, all of those different projects and being involved with them has definitely helped my ear out. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, if you step into somebody else's world, you know, like they're writing the songs or it's like their vision or something. Um, it just like forces you to like, think outside of yourself you know because you have to find something that's going to bridge the world Mm -hmm. so i think like all of those experiences really helped me um to become like have a better ear i guess Mm -hmm. and how long were you writing songs before you started doing this project i pretty much just started writing songs and then started the project um maybe like a maybe like a couple months like six months of songs kind of i i started writing songs in 2015 i think and the first like batch of them or whatever were pretty bad (laughs) as as will happen uh when you first started out like writing your own material and stuff sometimes it's just bad at first but i uh i kept going and then they started to get a little bit better and then eventually it hit a point where i was like oh okay i I think i could share these with with people Mm -hmm. and i guess that's probably when i when i settled on the on the band and everything and Mm -hmm. on the project um, I feel like I was hearing, I want to say I heard country influence in the writing, but it just, it might just be because the slide guitar that put the rest of the idea yeah, in my I head. I love country music. Yeah. yeah. Do you feel like it's having a bigger influence on you? Maybe? I think so. Yeah. I, I spent a good part of my life like hating country music because <laughs> I associated it with like a kind of like a brand or like a, like a, maybe a type of person or something. And yeah. I've seen the error of my ways because like every... <laughs> I think every genre has its own little like gems and its own little things that it brings to the table and mm-hmm. it's it's all part of music and so I, I've been listening to more country music. I've been listening to a lot of Neil Young and um one of my favorite guitarists right now is John Fahey. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to a lot of his stuff and he's got he's got some really good really good textures and and uh melodies and stuff mm-hmm. that really stick in my head and bounce around in there. Um, so yeah, I think like, oh, and a lot of the newer material that I've been writing definitely has that flavor. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you want the world to know? Don't buy any Casper mattresses. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my, we're, You're an, gonna get a suit, we're man. anti that sponsor. <laughs>
I don't care how cool the box it comes in is. Evan Moffat speaks for itself and not musicians talk to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Greg. Yes. Thanks. It's been a pleasure.